Every day, thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at GetArculus.com. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 406. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my stand-in co-host is my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak. How's your ad world experience going? Good old Scott here has been in our conference, or in a conference for the last few days. It's been going well. It's uh, It can be a little overwhelming, even though a lot of the topics are not uh, foreign to me. It's, you know, a lot of it's kind of refresher stuff and nothing absurd, but, you know, when you're getting a bit of an information overload one conference after another or sorry, one presentation after another for three days. It's, it, it's a lot to take in. It is. Um, yeah. At least we're not traveling to go to it. And then I don't know, there's something about that by the end of the day, I'm just floored. I mean, it's just deadly. Oh yeah. In person, it would be beyond exhausting. Absolutely. Um, but of course, in person, you get all the fun perks of going to a conference as well. So true. You know, it, it's pros and cons, I suppose. Um, for me, like uh, you can, with the AdWorld conference, you can, of course, watch the presentations after the fact. Um, everything's recorded, of course. And But I've been doing it live and getting up extra early. And that that in itself has been weird just because I'm up and, and watching this conference and the rest of my family's upstairs sleeping. So, um, <laughs> but, but you know, that's okay too. I, I prefer, if, I figured if I waited a couple of days and thought I'd fit them in as I go, I'd probably not watch nearly as much, so. Yeah. And, and I've got the whole staff doing it or core staff doing this. And part of the reason for it was I was hoping that we'd, we'd get some exposure to some new techniques, new ideas, just spark some concepts in house, something that I think every business should do once in a while. Um, I'm not sure I would do ad world again. We'd have to see. Um, I'll get a, a polling of everyone afterwards and how it went. And um, I've seen some, uh, a couple that were more advertorial than actual content. So I was a little disgruntled by that, but there is some good stuff too. I know that. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Anyways, hope uh, some, of the, uh, some other people are out there experiencing the AdWorld uh, ep episodes, I want to call them, but they're not. They're streams <laughs> streams yeah, I, <laughs> I keep calling them webinars but they're not that either but no. I don't know. <laughs> presentations i guess yeah because uh, you know we're fairly high level so it's pretty difficult to get new stuff but the people who are uh, or at least in areas we want to learn but uh, I, I a lot of smaller business would find it helpful i think i i would say yeah it's really their, their target is probably the small business owner um, or even like a new seo someone who's just you know, just starting out, there's, there's probably a lot more to learn there. Um, mm -hmm. I found a lot of the coverage was about things like video advertising and things like that. And we don't do video production. And mm -hmm. there was a lot of us focused around producing actual video ads. Um, but, you know, a lot of that still translates into copy and other things that we do. So, um, you know, there's still stuff you can pick up if you pay attention, but um, it's <laughs> definitely not geared towards, you know, seasoned SEOs. No. Well, we'll see. See if there's there's still not or is it over already? Yeah, it's just finished, didn't it? 
the last one I think stopped about a half hour ago. All right, there you go. All right, well, let's jump into first a little non-SEO news. Um, you put these down here, so soon we'll have some kind of connection. They, well, there's a bit of a connection. I mean, uh, Verizon, for instance, they just announced that they've sold uh, uh, their media group to this private equity firm, Apollo Global, for $5 billion. And of that media group includes Yahoo. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting huh. because Yahoo, they bought Yahoo for $4.5 billion in 2017, and they bought AOL for $4.4 billion a few years before that. And they're selling those amongst a bunch of other things like TechCrunch and Engadget and other properties. And AOL. And AOL for $5 billion. So they've definitely, unless they've made a bunch of profit in the past four years, they're definitely losing a little bit of money there. Um, but I found that interesting because... Uh, None of the previous sales of Yahoo have really brought Yahoo back to life. So I'm, I'm super curious to see what Apollo Global has planned for Yahoo. Um, they must have something because it's, you know, it may not be worth what it used to be, which actually there's another point. I, I looked it up because I was curious. Yeah, this is fascinating. Uh, on, and I had no idea because this is before my SEO days. I think I was, I wasn't even in college yet at this point. I was uh, probably Dear still God. living at home with my dad. I don't even know. Um, I was graduate high school. Uh, on January 3rd, 2000, Yahoo stock hit an all-time high of $475, which made it the most valuable company in the world. And <laughs> oh, I had God. no idea Yahoo was at the top of the top for a while there. How um, far it fell. It's, I don't even know what Yahoo stock is now. Like dollar? I, I don't oh, even know. Abysmal. Well, it's considerably less considering uh, they're bundled in with this $5 billion purchase. So... <sighs> What a shame. And when even, even Microsoft offered, I think it was close to 50 billion for Yahoo, what, 10 years ago? Um, oh. So oh. I bet they're happy that didn't work. Although maybe they would have turned it around. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Probably Good not. Property, but, I'm sure. Yeah, there, there's value there. But I, so anyways, I, love this, yeah. I love this next gaffe. This is too funny. Oh, so, yeah. Do you want yeah, I'll just mention it anyway. I, I got this, the gist of it. I didn't see it happen, but Rachel Maddow of MBC, MSNBC called out Google for hiding search ads. But yeah, she likely has malware on her computer. <laughs> I think that's so funny. So um, Rachel Maddow says, and this is quoting her, this belligerent new thing where search results jump down the page to make room for unlabeled ads. And then when you click a result, Google instead opens a new tab with an ad you weren't trying to click. <laughs> like, unquote. Uh, yeah. Danny Sullivan replied saying, uh, quote, we don't have unlabeled ads. Any ad in our search results are labeled. Happy to see an example of what you're concerned about here to pass on to them. He also added, none of this matches with how we serve ads. They're labeled. They don't jump into results after the results have been generated. The new tab stuff sounds odd, <laughs> unquote. Yeah, that sounds odd, all right. And there are some pretty snasty uh, um, uh, malware intrusions out there that can totally mess with your Google search results. Oh, it's, it, you know, and I don't blame her for having the malware, although you would think she's high enough level, she'd have the appropriate software to stop that. But to tweet about it and basically attack Google, it's just, it's hilarious. I mean, that's just funny. You got, you got to do a little homework first before doing that, especially a journalist. Well, and then Not, you think like a new, yeah. you think like a new tab opening up and everything like it's, I don't know, maybe it's just because we're in this space all the time, but it seems super obvious to me that something fishy's going on. Yeah. I'm funny. I, I was doing a search today for, uh, what was the topic? Anyway, it, it was, hmm. Uh, he goes doing a, a product. Oh yeah, it was a researching time a, a time tracking system, and I saw this review 
and I wanted to click on it. I did click on it and then I got blocked saying, um, but I think it was Kaspersky. I'm not sure. Um, telling me, you know, we're blocking this because it's going to force you to download something immediately. And all of a sudden I got all these alerts saying block, download, block, download. I'm like, this thing was in the top three in Google and they still, they don't have any way of just, they should have a little drop down. I think they tried this at one point where you could just, instead of just seeing the, the cache version, it also said um, report site. They should have something because that should not be in the top rankings. Because if someone doesn't have the proper tracking or a proper protection, they could be mad out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to be a lot of people too. Yeah. <laughs> she is the, the new verb. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, dear. Oh, but okay. I, I guess it does show. I want to share just a couple tiny examples that are kind of similar on my part, except I didn't tweet about it yelling at Google or, or a web post. Um, and you just touched on that as well as with Kaspersky catching it. And I had a, a time like that as well, where everything was weird on my computer. And it took me a while, to, well, not a super long time, like maybe a day to figure it out. But I had Kaspersky set to block ads, which normally I don't do that because, you know, we look at ads as part of our job. I kind of need to see them. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like, I wasn't seeing ads and everything was different. And it took me a while to realize that, oh, that's just like a stupid thing on my side that uh, uh, Kaspersky was blocking everything. So if things look weird, you know, it's, there's a good chance it's on your end. Um, and we had something else similar happen with a client a couple of years back where I was making changes for her on her site. And then she was getting back to me saying, you know, why aren't these changes live? And she wasn't too happy about it. Like, well, they are live and I could see it and everyone in the world could see it, but she couldn't. So she had other uh, coworkers in their office check and it was the same. She checked on her phone. It was the same. Like it just, they could not see the changes. And so finally um, uh, I was talking to Dennis, actually our programmer, and he suggested that she try, uh, using her cellular data rather than her Wi-Fi on her cell phone. She did that and suddenly she could see the changes. And it all turned out ultimately to be a caching issue on their internal network in their office. So every computer connected to their Wi-Fi was showing one version of their website and everyone else in the world saw something else. Hmm. Um, so I guess just an example it kind of applies with Rachel Maddow in that, you know, it could be on your end. Before yeah. you go after somebody at this witch hunt, make sure it's not uh, your own fault. Yeah, and, and it brings up a good point. When you're doing testing of your website, you're testing ranking results, all these things, um, use um, incognito on your search, on your whatever browser you're using or whatever version of incognito it is. I'm speaking of Chrome, but I know they have them, the other ones, and private browsing, whatever. And it tends to force the cache to reload. So you'll see, or won't even use the cache that's in the system. It'll just take what's online. Um, typically that can show you something has been updated when your own cache isn't. Um, it's a very useful little trick. Um, you know, people say, just refresh the page. That doesn't actually work necessarily. Um, there's another way you can press shift uh, this is PC anyway, press shift and then click refresh and that forces a refresh of the cache. Um, but all those, of all those tested, um, I find the incognito the best. And, and even with that in mind, sometimes you have to take it a step further and go to your web post. Like WP Engine, for instance, will have a separate cache altogether <laughs> that you've got to flush. And if you don't know to do that, you, I mean, it'll still update itself anyways, but you might be waiting a day. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't know to do that. And I, we've definitely had our fair share of that sort of thing happen too. Yeah. And if you go into WordPress and do your back end of the WordPress site and you've made changes, sometimes you'll see an alert and it becomes kind of like banner blindness. You haven't really paid attention anymore, but it'll say 
you know, something has changed, you may want to refresh the cache. Well, that's important, flush it. Um, and then all of a sudden you'll see some, some changes online uh, based on what you were doing if you weren't seen them before. Anyway, it is very SEO related, so I'm glad that you brought it up. Um, so now into some SEO news. Um, <laughs> this, uh, this was quite the little debacle. I was, I was pretty surprised by this initially. Um, anyway, Google, um, all right. So when you see uh, featured snippets within search results, those are typically um, snippets of content that are taken from a website Google determines to be a very good source of results for the, or a very good result source for your search. And they've literally taken content from that person's page and they put it up there and then they give a link to the site. Well, this example uh, someone had found showed that Google did that just fine. Some people don't feel that's fine, but it is, it is noted and we're used to it. But then they added links within the text that when you clicked on them, they would go to different Google searches instead of doing anything on that person's site. Whoa, that's crossing a line. I mean, it was bad. Um, in my opinion, that was not cool. And uh, yeah, in many people's opinions. Anyways, uh, this, is, this was, I, I believe this was initially posted on uh, Search Engine Roundtable by Barry Schwartz. Uh, anyways, Google has since responded says, uh, Google spokesman told us there was a bug and not the, intended and not the intended behavior they wanted to have in featured snippets. Quote, we can confirm that this is a bug and is not intended behavior for links on featured snippets. We're actually working on a fix. Unquote. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's a weird bug. How would that be a bug? Don't know. You, you know, I would put money on that this is something that Google is working on and they released it too soon by mistake. Well, if they, if they get, or they're like, they love testing. They love testing. So it could be too, like, let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. You know, what, how could it harm them? It really can't. Um, they'll get a bunch of negative energy, but they get that all the time. And then they know whether or not, you know, they can put it under the radar. Um, I don't know. I, I think they're always trying to push the, the, the barriers as much as they can. I don't think Google would do this, but they might do it, but I don't think they would. But I'm going to say it right now, just in case they do it, so I can go on record and say <laughs> that I said they were going to do this. They are going to, and they're not really going to do this, but they might. Uh, <laughs> they are going to start opening up Google ads to bid on keywords within featured snippets. That's my unofficial prediction. Oh, my God. And they're, I'm, I know they wouldn't do it, but. I want to say that I predicted that. And <laughs> you go for it. They'll, they would tick off the entire industry, but hey, if it was my site, maybe I'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're not running it. Yeah, that's, no. uh, that's a new level of evil. I, I, I can't even imagine they'd even try that. But uh, then again, they've surprised me before. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. What's next here? Uh, so early in April, and I think we... We didn't talk about this in the last one, uh, last episode of SEO 101, which maybe we should have, but we didn't. Uh, there was an update at Google, the product review update, which targeted uh, affiliate, essentially affiliate-based or affiliate-like product review sites where they've got, you know, you, you see them all the time where people have a big paragraph or a page or a long form page about a product where they're reviewing it. Maybe it's a legit review, maybe it's not. And it's loaded up with affiliate, affiliate links, usually pointed back to Amazon, but it could be any number of people offering affiliate programs. 
So early April, Google did an update that affected this. And then there's been uh, some unconfirmed talk that there was an update to the update uh, around the 30th. So I guess that would have been Friday, Friday, Saturday. Um, so, and let's see, where did my notes here go? Um, so yeah, if, if you run one of those affiliate type sites, you probably saw a fluctuation in traffic. Uh, we have Google Analytics access to a couple sites that are similar to this, and we did not see, uh, I did not see any changes in anything. So obviously it's not widespread to everybody, although maybe it is. Um, when he was asked if the evaluation would be page-based or site-based, John Mueller replied that these kinds of changes tend to be more on a broader uh, sorry, tend to be more on broader parts of sites or the sites overall. Um, so there's a good chance that, uh, you know, if you have a few bad pages about these uh, product reviews, it could affect your whole site. It's not just going to be that page. Um, and the focus is not only on these product review sites, it also includes content, uh, including roundup. So if you have an article like the top 10 SEO software crawlers to use or something like that, it, it could affect that sort of content as well. Uh, and yeah, so. Okay. Well, we and, and I imagine the ones we have access to that we could test, they already were being hit by something. So it's probably hard to see if there's any issue. Yeah. One well. of the clients in particular, um, he did a bit of consulting with us. He's not an active client currently, and he was hit by the core update. Um, so had he not been hit by the core update, perhaps, uh, can you hear that? Can you hear the planes in the background? I did. Holy smokes. Uh, so those are the snowbirds flying over our house right now. Ah. So the way to interrupt a, an important radio broadcast. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, so, in the states, what are they called the uh, blue. They've got their own version of these guys. Um, oh, that's right, they do. Yeah. So the snow. This isn't off topic at all. The snowbirds are basically a, uh, a military aeronautics stunt flight group. Yeah. I guess something like that. Anyways, and they are trying to throw off this recording indefinite, um, yeah indefinite yeah go on anyway um yeah so um yeah oh there was nothing else to say no okay. i was done <laughs> come on say it all again all right well let's uh, take a quick break when we come back you're going to talk about a few things you learned from ad world and uh, a couple more pieces of news we'll be right back seo 101 will be back right after recess Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. 
You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WMR.FM, hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak. Now, remember, we have a show notes newsletter you can sign up for at SEO101radio.com. Don't miss a single link and refresh your memory of a past show at any time. Okay, so AdWorld, tell me a few things you've learned that you can share. Well, you know what, it's not so much things that I've learned, but rather things that are kind of relevant and uh, in particular relevant to SEO 101. It's kind of the basics of SEO. Um, I feel like we don't often talk about sort of the how-to early entry-level stuff. It's true, we We should. Yeah, we do sometimes, but certainly not always. So I figured, well, let's just do a bit of a refresher. And the things I'll, I'll mention here are specific to content. And uh, they are specific to things I heard on AdWord, uh, AdWorld, sorry. Um, and I thought maybe it's worth bringing them up. So one first thing that one person brought up in one of the conferences is uh, content pruning. Um, so basically the act of taking underperforming content on your site and either improving it or removing it, um, which is definitely a good exercise. If you're looking at ways to build the content on your site or improve the content, you know, it's a good starting point. You know, you can go through your Google Analytics, look for content that is not getting any traffic at all, um, or perhaps not getting any entry-level traffic through search, uh, or is very thin, or maybe it only has a paragraph or two. And mm-hmm. rather than you know creating a new piece of content about that page, why don't you look on look into fixing that page, uh, expand on the content, improve on it, or if it's not relevant enough, you know, just get rid of it and 301 redirect it. Um, so, you know, it's, I think it's something a lot of people overlook, you know, they'll just keep creating new content, new content, new content before long, they've got 10, 20 pages on the same topic that, you know, you really only need one or two. Mm -hmm. Um, so look into your existing content before you go and create new content sometimes is a good idea. Um, and then speaking of new content, uh, there were quite a few bits and pieces that people were talking about in terms of content and, uh, uh, a bit of a, an A-B split test that one company did that I have some interesting results for, so I'll share that. Uh, the first thing is they're saying aim for around 2,000 words on your new content pieces, whether that be a piece of evergreen content or a blog post, um, which is a bit longer. Like usually when clients ask me, how long should my content be? My default is usually around 500 words, and largely that's because I know if I said 2,000 words, they're not going to do it, if I'm being totally honest. Uh-huh. Um, people are busy. They don't want to write 2,000 words. But the reality is this one study that was cited found that, I can't remember how many results they looked at, but it was tens of thousands of results, found that the average word count for a top three ranking site, I think it was 1,980 words, um, or not site, sorry, page for a top three ranking page. So, you know, it's really kind of reinforcing that long form is good um, or not even necessarily but, long form, but lots. But of yeah, content. I mean, it, it, it is, and you know this fair to be fair, but it's very important that listeners don't just take that. I mean, it's correlation isn't causation. In this case, it's the quality that's the most important. Absolutely. The most important. Absolutely. Um, you got to keep people reading. You got to, it's, it's got to have legs. It's got to be the kind of thing people want to share. 
Um, so you, even if we ever do suggest write smaller uh, to our clients, we're always saying write amazing though. It has to be words, well. but it better be damn good. And highly <laughs> relevant and topical. I mean, most, most people create content that's relevant, but you'd be surprised. A lot of people also don't. Well, it might be relevant, but it won't be. Yeah. But, and oftentimes they create it and it's not the kind of thing that people really need to read or want to read because it's been done too many times. But if you can put a slant on it, something that's unique or make it so compellingly comprehensive that they can't help but share it, that's really where you win. Yeah, exactly. And there was one one example that the one firm noted where they had a, a piece of content. It was a, um, oh, what website was it? The Motley Fool is what it was on, which you've oh, yeah. probably seen ads for all over the place or everywhere. And they had a piece of content and they they reduced the content to, I, I think it was about half as long. And they, they figured it would help. And it actually resulted in a 14% decrease in sales by making it shorter, showing that people actually do read this content if it's done well. Um, and so then in another test, they took the content and increased it from the original. Uh, they added uh, some imagery, some headings, some block quotes, um, a bit of mixed media and things, and found that sales increased by 26% by adding that mixed media. Um, so the content was longer, it had more media and it converted higher. So when you're creating this content, I mean, obviously the relevance and all that, but try to get some more interesting stuff in there, whether it be charts or graphs or an embedded video or images, uh, break it up into headings, easy to digest pieces. And it's showing that it will convert at a higher level. Uh, mm. So don't just you know write a bunch of fluff and walk away and hope your job is done because it is not. It is not, definitely. No. <laughs> um, and then this is maybe kind of obvious to a lot of people, maybe not, I don't know, but uh, writing your content, uh, write your new content based on keyword clusters. So do a bit of keyword research or some kind of research to, before you start writing. And with the keyword research, you know, you group your keywords into relevant groups and write your content using those groups of keywords. Um, maybe that's common sense. I don't know. Uh, it seems like it is for me, but um, maybe not. Uh, the alternative to that might be uh, doing like at step forth, we offer an authority building plan where we'll go through and look at the competition and see what content is working in what areas and working from a social perspective, links, traffic, and try to find good ideas to write on. So you could also go that route as well, which may be less keyword based in some cases. Um, it's more topical, which is more in line anyway with, with what Google likes these days. But I mean, keywords are still topical too, if they're done right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and 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 it's not just competition either, and it's something I'm trying to delineate a little more and be clear on when I'm explaining the authority plan because I've noticed people say, "Well, our competitors don't do it." It's more, it's about what your industry has written that has done really, really, really well. And if 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 this content, and, and I mean that by you know, it's had lots of shares, it seems to be cited by other people. You know, it's got the links going to the site. Um, it's got commentary, so people are being um, active on the page, all that sort of stuff. And then we go and we say, all right, that's an amazing idea. Uh, could we do this better? Or I am speaking for the client here. Or is there a angle on this the client could take and, you know, make a comparable result? Uh, so that's sort of what we do for the authority building plan. And uh, very effective. It's, and it, hell, who doesn't want to have a nice list of articles that they should write when it's time to sit down and write? Because a lot of people just sit there and because I've been there going, hmm, what am I going to write today? I don't really know. <laughs> Back in the days when we wrote all the time, oh my Lord. 
Raiders block is is real. It's very yes. real. <laughs> and to have someone create a plan for you, you know, or even just do it yourself, create this plan that's stretched out for over the next year to give mm -hmm. you ideas. You know, it definitely would make life a lot easier for for whoever is doing all the content writing. Absolutely. There. I had a couple things I wanted to mention here as well about promoting of that content. And a couple are, is pretty basic. A couple things are pretty basic. For instance, uh, you know, promoting your new content on social platforms within newsletters and email. I think a lot of people do that already. Um, but one thing that kind of surprised me that one presenter had mentioned is repurposing your content through social without any links to the content. So if you have an article on whatever the topic is, take a, a sentence, a paragraph, or, or a small snippet from that article, post that to your social media as a standalone post, um, and then include an image that supports it, that maybe it's the, the featured image you have on the post, and add the headline from the original post on your site, and leave it at that. And what the guy was saying was that often, especially if you have a social platform that has a lot of people following and, and you have a fairly high level of engagement, that will get a higher level of engagement than just simply sharing a link to your blog post. Um, and often what will happen is in that comment thread that generates, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, whatever, um, usually there's somebody who's like, oh, for the here's the original article, I found it on their site, and somebody will naturally put a link in your comments to it, which almost lends more authority because it's not you being all self-promotional and pushing yourself on your visitors, it's somebody else adding the resource. And he said, sometimes you'll actually get more traffic through that comment link from some random follower than you would from actually posting the link directly to social media. Mm, that's, that sounds like it's, uh, uh, I mean, I get what he's saying or she's saying, but it, it sounds like you definitely want to test that. It sounds like a bit of a stretch. But... I, I know. And, and I was surprised. Like I'd never, never would have thought of that, but. Then again, weird stuff like that sometimes works. You know, it does. And if you have, especially if you have a, like if you have, 30 people following you on Facebook, it's not going to work. Um, you know, you might get some engagement, but it's not going to act like that. But if you have, you know, a bigger corporation, you've got 100,000 followers on Facebook, say, you know, I could see where that would happen, where you start to get all those comments and, and things going on in the, uh, with all the engagement. Um, mm -hmm. And then one last thing that was recommended was taking your original content that you've created and turning it into a YouTube video, um, which I've seen people recommend that before. Um, I guess I had an example in mind, but it's kind of the opposite. I was going to say uh, when Moz, maybe they still do it. I haven't seen it for a while. Moz would do their whiteboard Fridays and they'd have their video and talk about stuff. And then that would turn into a blog post, but that was kind of going video first and then into a blog post. But there's no reason why you can't turn a blog post into a video and go the other direction with it. Um, so definitely something to consider there. Okay. So I think I might've heard you say YouTube before. So just to clarify, the last point you made was about a snippet in social without links in the original source, not a video to increase engagement. And then the second one That's right. is you're mentioning repurpose content as YouTube videos. Yeah. And then, yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay. It's two, right. two separate things. Sorry. I think I may have jumped through too quick. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So uh, next up here, Google, <laughs> I had double, triple tech on this one. We do not penalize sites for using Google Analytics. Huh? <laughs> I just had to look at this, I tell you. Um, it's Search Engine Roundtable. And apparently, a, um, and it makes more sense now that we've read it, but um, a competing analytics platform called Simple Analytics said um, that Google penalizes you for using Google Analytics. And what they were saying essentially is 
And they're not wrong in this case that often if you've got Google Analytics running on your website and you do a page experience test, the analytics is actually slowing your site down and you get a lesser score. Uh, Google Analytics in particular, the way it's set up. Um, so in a sense, that is penalizing is a wrong word. I mean, it's it, it has it certainly slows your site down by the looks of it. Um, However, John Mueller posted um, uh, his response saying, no, it's not the case that we penalize for Google Analytics, which is obviously true. Um, but then he said that his site, and he there's a screenshot here, has 100% on page experience and um, no, and it does use Google Analytics. So maybe it's because the site is so light that having Google Analytics doesn't make a major difference. I don't know. but. It's certainly to our experience that Google Analytics has been a bit of a slayer for time. It's not a good thing. Uh, so I get why they put it out there and it's a smart little marketing tactic. Certainly got some impress here. Okay. Next up, Google, rel external, no opener and no refer, do not impact your SEO. So this is a, another sort of a wise thing for everyone to listen to that likes to try different meta tags and think that they have some kind of benefit. Um, a lot of the stuff, if it ever did, was, man, barely had an opening in terms of having any effect or was applicable to another search engine. I can't even remember anymore. But anyway, um, <laughs> these are so old. Uh, oh, my phone just went to. <laughs> I can hear that. Getting emergency tests here from the government. What is going on? Okay, got it. Men, snowbirds, emergency tests. Come on. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this is a very special episode. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, okay. So first of all, these aren't meta tags. This, this, this first examples here. So rel, I, I should have said that. These are not. I was I was thinking of them as meta tags. These are the. Um, these are attached to links. So, if you have. Rel equals external or rel equals no opener or rel equals no refer. None of these are going to have any effect on your SEO if they're in your links. Um, I don't think we've used them, have we? So I, I have a bit of insight into this. And I actually, okay. we use Sitebulb as one of our crawlers to help find SEO issues and other things. And Sitebulb also looks for security issues. And no opener and no refer are good for helping with your site security if you're using target equals blank. So target equals blank is if you have a link on your website, you click that link and it opens the, the page or whatever in a new tab on a separate page, leaving the existing tab open. If you do not add no opener, uh, rel equals no opener, no refer. You want to add that in those links. Otherwise, it actually opens up your site to potential hacking. Um, it's like a mm -hmm. vulnerability there. Uh, so the no opener is sort of, uh, that's what you want. And then Firefox, of course, does not support no opener. So the no referrer <laughs> is for Firefox. So that gets your everything covered. Um, and so you want that in place on all tabs that open using uh, target equals underscore blank. Um, and I think it's called tab napping. I think that's what they call it. Uh, so it, it, you're open to tab napping, which is the hack. I don't, you know, I'm not a security guy. All I know is that if you open a new link, you want to include them. But of course, it has no impact on organic SEO either way. Um, 
so yeah, it's a I'm good trying, idea trying to read up on it now because i was curious about this it doesn't seem like it's certainly the first time it's the first time i've heard of it being of any importance or something that anyone should do quote unquote um hmm. i'll have to look into that i i certainly have no interest in changing every single link on our site that has a blank to include this yeah they they what do they call it they call it the most underestimated vulnerability ever target equals underscore blank and that's this is essentially the fix to that um, but actually, I should also add that uh, WordPress fixes that now. Or maybe it's Yoast. I don't know. Something about WordPress. <laughs> if there's a fix in there, you'll find it often automatically taken care of. Awesome. I like it because I don't want to think about it. <laughs> no, who does? What a pain, especially if you've got a site like ours with, uh, I don't know, thousands of pages. I don't even know how big our yeah, site is. It's big enough. Yeah, it definitely. Holy smokes. Okay, well, I don't like to think that much. I hope... Uh... <laughs> We don't alarm too many people on the show. Anyways, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Van Ack, thanks for joining us today. Remember, we have a show notes newsletter you can sign up for at seo101radio.com. And if you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook group, easily found by searching SEO 101 Podcast on Facebook. It's getting a little quiet there. We'd love to have some questions, so please do head on over. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes which air every week on WMR.fm. Great. Thank you for listening, everyone. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today.